I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. My introduction to fly fishing occurred on a brisk March day on Idaho's Bigwood River. Outfitted with loner waders and boots from my soon-to-be father-in-law, several sizes too big, I quickly followed Justin across the stream, and as I took my second step into the icy river, I promptly lost my footing and fell into the drink. Chilled to the bone, I slowly shuffled my way back to the car and waited for my body temperature to return to normal. It took me a while to revisit fly fishing after that introduction, mostly because Justin and I were two broke TV employees and couldn't afford coughing up hundreds of dollars for waders and women's fishing gear for a newbie trying out the new sport. Had there been a resource for me getting on the water without breaking the bank, I might have been able to share some more fishing adventures on this podcast. Well, as the saying goes, times have changed. And today, my guests, Tema Roby and Julia Mitchell, are dedicated to breaking economic barriers and getting more women on the water by providing donated or used gear so no woman can say, I would like to try, I just can't afford it. And uh, thank you both for joining me. We have Tema and Julia all the way from California. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about this uh, Rising to the Fly organization that you guys have created um, to break these barriers, um, economic barriers. But before we go into that, who has a fishing story for me? Um, I can go first. All right. That's Emma. Yes, this is Emma. So one of my probably favorite fishing stories, I've been fishing in May. It'll be two years. I'll have been fly fishing. And I've worked, I feel like I've worked really, really hard to become an independent angler, to be able to go out and do my own thing, to be able to land fish. And I was actually up in Oregon fishing the Rogue in January. Um, and I hooked into a, just a monster steelhead. And I was so excited. And I was, it was a little bit of a shit show because I couldn't reach my net. 
And I had my GoPro on so you could hear me like huffing and puffing and trying to get the steelhead in and he would run and then he'd bring him back and he'd run. And I get him all the way to the net, all the way to the net, doesn't fit in my net. So snaps off, snaps everything off and takes off. And in a normal, like six months ago, I would have sat there for hours going, what did I do wrong? What did I, what could I have done differently? Um, and I didn't. And I was so excited that I had that opportunity and that I was able to get it to the net and just lost it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this moment that I did this by myself. I'm in the middle of the rogue. There's no one around and I, I can do this. And so for me, that was that's one of my favorite stories is I finally am like, yeah, I'm not going to beat myself up anymore over this. Good for you, because that is the truth, right? Beating yourself up. I mean, beating yourself up when you have a fish catch and you don't. I don't know. It doesn't connect. I mean, I can't even tell you this one time I was casting to a fish and I think he tried to eat my dry fly. He gave me three chances. I mean, three and I, I couldn't stick it. And I look at this and, you know, talking about the huffing and puffing, I was like so flustered. And um, it's great that with uh, time you can be able to be like, reflect on how awesome the experience is rather than uh, the disappointment. So good for you. I'm super impressed. Yeah, it was a, it was pretty awesome. Well, and what going back to kind of the beginning of my introduction to rising to the fly, can Julia, can you give a little bit of information of what this organization is? Absolutely. Um, so it was really interesting because uh, I have had this idea, the kernel of the idea for probably years. Um, I have been fishing, I've been fishing since 1999 uh, and I had these um, fly fishing shirts, nice, really nice shirts and they didn't fit anymore. And I thought, gosh, you know, it's just such a shame to give these to, you know, Goodwill or Salvation Army or something where they're not going to be used for fishing. And I thought it would be really nice if I could give them, you know, pay it forward to someone who likes to fly fish, um, who's a size medium. And so I thought about it. I, I kind of explored different avenues and I didn't really act on it. And then... Um, I had joined a group, started a group called NorCal Women on the Fly and with a, a couple other women. And it was this idea I had continued to have about, you know, um, not just clothing, but equipment. And could we get equipment and then, you know, do sort of the loaner programs. And I had thought about calling it NorCal Closet. And I, when Tema joined uh, NorCal Women on the Fly, I talked to her about it. And she really liked the idea, the concept. And the more we talked about it, uh, she came to me one day and said, you know, I think we should really do this. And I said, okay. And she said, well, and I said, well, you know, I don't know if it's a great fit for NorCal Women on the Fly. And she said, well, what if we just did it together? And I said, yeah, you know, that sounds great. And so we started brainstorming about it and we started thinking about, you know, it should be across the United States for sure and kind of what we wanted to do with it. And she said, okay, so are we gonna do this? Is this gonna happen? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, so uh, in August on a phone call, we made the decision and then we were like, well, what are we gonna call it? And I said, hmm, 
how about rising to the dry? And she said, yeah, rising to the fly. And I said, yes, actually, that's better. We'll go with that. So that's how rising to the fly came to be. And, uh, you know, we got cracking on it. Uh, one of the, the great things is Tema and I work at the same speed, which is uh, full speed ahead. So she got working on all of the uh, documentation and everything we need to fill out and to become a 501c3. And I started working on the website and social media handles and getting it all up and running and going. And we officially launched in October, early October. Wow, that is incredible. Tema, what made you interested in joining this? Oh, well, um, I have a pretty strong background working with nonprofits, and I absolutely love fly fishing. And one of the big things about fly fishing for me is just the mental health aspect and being able to be outside, finding kind of my peaceful place. Um, and so the thought of helping other women be able to kind of find the same thing, whether that's what they're after or not, was really, really intriguing. Um, and so when Julia mentioned it, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is like a bucket list thing. I get to take what I'm completely passionate about and tie it into something that's helping other women. This is, this is amazing. So when she approached me with it, I was, I was super excited. Well, and wouldn't you say it's fair, Julia, um, that there's an increase of women into the fly fishing sport without a doubt. But a lot of, uh, we weren't handed down rods. Like normally the outdoor gear seemed to be handed down to grandsons or, you know, to, to the boys. And so what I think is so great about rising to the fly is that women who do not have someone who's handing them down the outdoor gear, this is a way to kind of get you into a sport that is relic can be can be very expensive and very intimidating in that when you look at the dollar sign. Wouldn't you say that's true, Julia? Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, that's one of the things that I talk about is, you know, there is a hundred percent a perception that, you know, fly fishing is a old white male sport that you need to spend thousands of dollars to to participate in. And I always say that it is a kernel of truth. It certainly has been that way for a while, but it is absolutely changing. And the thing I like to say about the equipment and the gear and the cost is the fish don't know. The fish don't know what you spent on this. The fish don't know how much you spent on your waders or your rod or the reel. Like they don't know. So it doesn't matter. And you can get out there and participate with, you know, a $200 rod and reel get up or a 2000, but the fish don't know. So it's really about um, opening up those doors and making sure that people and women in our case know that uh, there are absolutely opportunities. And we're so excited to help women really find that. Yeah. You know, I say that on this podcast all the time. Tema, have you had some experiences with other people who have used Rising to the Fly? And what was their experience or any feedback that these, um, these clothes have provided them? So we've had, we've helped uh, probably a little over a handful of women so far. Um, they have been uh, some in state, some out of state. And, and it is so 
awesome to just see how excited and happy they are to be able to get uh, a rod or a pair of waders. Um, we had somebody in the Midwest ask for um, some equipment and, and she said, I can't wait to get out and teach my daughter. And I said, well, does your daughter need gear? And she said, oh my gosh, that would be great. And I said, okay, how old is she? And she's 13. And so I packaged up a couple rods and a couple reels and some leader and tippet and indicators and, and sent it out to her. And, and she said, I, I am so excited. The email was just so, I sent it to Julia and I said, this is why. And she said, yes, this is why. And it was just such a moment of, we are making a difference. You guys are creating gratitude, which is um, this act of like, it's this brain chemistry that like when you're giving and people are receiving, it creates all this great chemistry. So amazing. Like this, um, are Tema, are people able to request, like if, say there's somebody who's listening right now in uh, Wisconsin or somebody from Montana and they obviously need some, maybe they need some different products, right? They're going to go, someone's going to go pike fishing. They want an eight weight. Someone's going to go some small streaming. They need three weight. Are they able <laughs> to put some request? So, so, so far what has happened is they will fill out. We have a really short application on our website. And if it's gear, it comes to me and I'll ask questions like, where are you fishing? What are you fishing for? You know, what's your kind of your fly fishing experience? And then based on that, I will send them out what I what I think would work. Now, with waders and boots, Julia had this great idea of, you know, go to the Orvis site or a, the Sim site and figure out what size what the sizing is, because we're trying right. to avoid getting into shipping it out. No, it doesn't fit shipping it back. Right. And so we really want to try to match as closely as possible with what the needs are. And so that's I think that's worked well so far. I was just as you're kind of talking about the products and like, you know, different usage of it. Julia, um, for example, like I'm about to go head to Mexico in May and I rarely go to Mexico, but it does feel like there's this whole new gear that I need to get set up for, especially just a tire. Is that something where you're thinking like, hey, this program could also be very helpful for people who are going to go try different destinations? Or it, does it have to be like, we really want to cater this to people who are unable to afford um, fly fishing gear? Well, we really, we try to, it's an, it's an interesting question because we really try to target women who can't necessarily afford to um, go out and buy the equipment or the gear new. Um, so we really focus on that. But here's another interesting thing that I have found. There are things, you know, when you start in a nonprofit, there are things you think that are going to happen that don't and things that you don't think are going to happen are. And one of the things that I went into this thinking was, well, we're just going to have a really hard time finding enough people to donate stuff. And it's going to be a real slog. And, you know, but we're going to have so many women reaching out to us all the time. And, you know, we're and how are we going to manage that? And it's kind of actually been the opposite of that we have received an unbelievable amount of donations. The fly fishing community has stepped up and really like helped out. We have had individuals who have given uh, gently used equipment. We have had uh, fly fishing um, stores that have run fundraisers and given us all kinds of equipment. We've got, um, you know, 
um, companies like uh, Red Truck that have given us discounts on uh, fly rods. I mean, it's just, there's a lot that the community has really stepped up and supported us. And then finding women to actually be the recipients has been more of the challenge. Uh, we're constantly out there, you know, trying, you know, beating the drums and saying, hey, you know, please, uh, you know, let us know. And we do get some. And, we're, and I think, you know, as we build awareness, we'll get more. Tim and I are working on some partnerships with groups that take women fly fishing that we feel like we could come in after they've done the seminars or the sessions or the classes and say, hey, was that fun? Did you enjoy it? Would you like to continue to do it? Is there anything that we could help provide? But I think that there is this um, overall sense of from women, and I think it's a societal thing, and it's something that I really want to start dipping digging in deep on is that women feel like, oh, I don't want to ask for that. I don't want to ask for something. I bet there is a woman out there who needs it more than I do. And it's like, no, please, please ask us. Like, you know, we, we just had it recently where a woman that we know had, um, she told us that her float tube had popped and we were like, Hey, we have four. We are happy to give you one. And she was like, oh, no, I'm sure there's somebody that needs it more. And I'm like, you just told me that you had to borrow money to pay your rent. Like, please let us give you a float tube. So, you know, it's just I think there's just a mentality of, oh, you know, I'm sure there's someone who needs it more than I do that we're trying to overcome and really develop, um, you know, the sense of this is for you. This is, you know, women out there, this is for you. Please, you know, take advantage of it. Help help us help you. Well, and I think that's very well said because I think, you know, um, I mean, obviously everything's getting more expensive, like heating bill, gas bill. I thought somebody, they sent the wrong heating bill to the wrong house. I called them. I was like, so I think you guys did our reading. You were meant to, and they're like, no, like, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, everything is going up and i think also like our um you know what you were just saying like how we're like oh i don't need this right now because at some point things are going to get better right like i'm gonna be not in this and so i want to make sure that i don't take something that i don't need in case things get better later and the first things we probably tend to cut out in our lives is you know anytime they're like where can you cut out expenses right you're like is it fly fishing gear? Is it coffee? You know, you just start ripping off the biggest band-aid, which is the expense of, of fishing, um, these recreational. So it's, I think it's really important for people to remember that you don't need to take away something that brings you joy, that gets you outside. I mean, I just think being outside is the catalyst for, for just mental health. I, I always think that I'm like, how do people not go outside and just well, and connect? whether you're good at it or not. And right, so now things are getting more stressful because your heating bill is double or triple or, and you know, eggs are costing a fortune and all of this is stressful. You know, this is the antidote to stressful. This is go out, you know, it ties back full circle to the mental health and the stress release and getting out there and just like being peaceful and relaxing. So- it's yet another reason why, please, 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 like, let us help you have this moment of zen, if you will. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Tema, what, um, if 
are you just taking strictly women's wear or maybe there's someone listening on the podcast and like, I have some of these amazing small waders, they're men's, but they could easily, you know. Yeah, we will take anything. Um, we just, we would like, you know, we prefer it gently used. Obviously we would love it if the waders did not have any uh, significant tears, rips or, you know, that sort of thing. But waders and boots, we take, we take, you know, men's as well. And That's we've had awesome. stuff donated from, from a lot of men. It's, it's been pretty awesome. I mean, is there something that it's all fishing related? So you guys are even willing, you're talking about rafts, floaties. I mean, pretty much like if someone has some extra spare, you know, tip it, uh, are you looking for pretty much the whole gamut? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would say in my, you know, I have a lot of stuff here. So I've got reels, I have rods, I have leader and tippet, um, I have flies, I have indicators. Um, I have packs, so like, you know, chest, uh, a vest or a chest pack or a sling pack. I, I mean, I must have eight packs here, um, fly fishing bags to carry the gear. Um, I think Julia has waders, boots, and more of the like shirts, jackets. Yeah. Um, so we have, I mean, we have a lot of stuff. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Where are you guys keeping all this stuff? <laughs> Well, I have four float tubes in my garage, so. <laughs> that is awesome. I think the only thing we don't take, or uh, which we have been offered, but we just don't really um, have a have a need for is fly time uh, materials. Yes. But we okay. have redirected people and said, hey, reach out to these different groups that may be interested. But otherwise... I mean, sunglasses for me doing the sort of the garb, I've got sunglasses and shirts and I've got, you know, neck gaiters and, um, you know, the waders, the boots and yeah, we definitely take men's, um, especially since not all women are smalls. So, you know, big, bigger, larger waders can be great. And, um, you know, we, we take it all. If people are donating, you know, some of this stuff can be pretty expensive, are they able to maybe get a receipt that like, you know, for tax reasons, they're like, hundred oh. you know, percent. like when you go to Goodwill, you're like, Hey, can, do you want your, you're like, yeah, I, I do want that. I, um, I have a form and I just say, please tell me the value of what you're sending. And I will happily send you a letter that states that and has all of our, um, nonprofit, uh, tax ID on there and you can submit it with your taxes a hundred percent. Yeah. See, that's, 
that see you give and you get a little bit back, right? Uncle Uncle Sam can help you out there. That's right. Sorry. Julia, what what would you like to see happen with Rising to the Fly in the future? Like your your goals, what you see in the next five years with Rising to the Fly? My hopes and dreams are that we can really work to partner with some organizations that uh, help women fly fishing and really be that connective tissue of, you know, there are groups out there that, and some of them we're talking to, but I'd love to see this really build nationally of working with them and saying, okay, you have taken these women out on a weekend, um, you know, and they've learned how to fish. And now what we want to do is follow up with them and say, okay, great. What else do you need to continue to do this? How do we help you continue this journey? So really building our partnerships and building the amount of women that we could help. That's really where, where I'm sort of focusing. Well, and I think that's so, so well said because also um, just having the basis of like learning fly fishing, because I don't know um, how you guys feel about it, but for that one experience of just failing completely, I was like, maybe this isn't the sport for me. I don't want to dive into the expenses of it. Um, I think it's good to have these people, you know, within the community teaching you about um, the skill sets that you need and just the basics of learning about fly fishing because there's so much. You can really get somebody completely confused when you start using the knots, the tippets, the the rods, the reels. Like, you know, it's 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 a lot. Of, it's a heavy language. I mean, there should be just I mean, there's books and books that are heavy books talking about fly fishing. Well, actually, Tema and I just did our very first intro to fly fishing uh, online class. And um and that, t- to your point, Lauren, about how there's so much out there, we really tried to do sort of the basics and make sure that we kept it really simple, um, but just talk through everything and and get sort of that that uh, ground level in there. And also, to your point of, you know, it's so important to learn the foundation, like have a, a was somebody else was asking me at some point about, you know, what's a, what would you recommend for someone who is starting out? And I'd say, man, if you can afford it, I would get some just really good casting lessons because once you get a good cast, it's so important. And, and trying to unlearn a bad cast is tough. (laughs) Yes. Very, very well said. (laughs) It can. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I have a perfectionist husband of fly fishing that has told me numerous times 45 degrees from the boat so i've got every time i'm on the boat i'm like 45 degrees from the boat lauren (laughs) (laughs) it's good to have i mean it's it you guys have such a great friendship um and it's it's so great that you guys are able to come together with the same mindset the same work ethic and just steamrolling this to come together um i know we said that the biggest problem is the biggest uh, hurdle you're going through is just finding people to come and um, check out the gear. And I'm just looking at your guys' website right now. And it's just, I mean, I'm looking at this picture. You guys are both smiling together. And I'm like, I guys are just such a great friendship and the history. And I just know that this can go a really long, long distance. Um, I was also just thinking like, how great, you know, fly fishing is also just generally expensive for gas. 
Um, Is there something, Tema, that you think about having like destinations fly fishing? So... So do you mean for Rising to the Fly to put together destination trips? Yeah. So we've started talking a little bit about that. Uh, we may, I mean, it's not its not outside of California yet, but we do have an opportunity to bring a group of women um, up into the McLeod area for a weekend. Uh, Tahoe Fly Fishing Outfitters has been a huge supporter of ours, and they um, also run the... Is it the McLeod River Outpost, Julia? Yes. And and so he has offered that to us. He has offered to help with education if we bring a group of women out there and casting. I mean, they have just been, they have been fantastic with their support of us. And it's been pretty awesome. So the short answer is yes, but we're going to start small. <laughs> well, and I think that's like when I see, I guess, I mean, when I say destinations, just because I know California has so many rivers, but they're not like for a lot of people who probably California is a huge state. I mean, there's a lot of people who live in California, sometimes driving there with gas prices as high as they are. They're like, well, I have all this fishing stuff, but I can't afford to drive there. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, California has some of the highest gas prices. Uh, so- <laughs> Yeah, I, I fully understand. I feel that. But we were just talking to another organization, um, talking about, you know, how California, how big it is and all that. Uh, we were talking to another organization about the idea of what if we did, they do a lot of skiing uh, for women adventures. And we we're talking about combining a skiing and fishing um, adventure for some women and how we could do that because the Tahoe area has all this great scheme, but they also have amazing rivers. So I think that would be also a really fun, fun concept if we can get it to come to fruition. That sounds insanely fun. That's like, (laughs) I love doing both of those things. I, yeah. Like, can I, can I join? (laughs) I can help with like, I'll do some teaching. I'll do, I'll help you guys do some instruction. We did a ladies night of just basic fly fishing and it was interesting in the beginning. I was like, I wonder who's going to, if we'll get filled up and within a day we were completely filled up. I was like, wow, I just didn't realize how much of a need um, and how many women are super interested in fly fishing. And I'm in Missoula, but um, (laughs) I just couldn't believe the amount of people who showed up in the amount of time it also filled up. So I know that maybe we're just our voices or there's women out there who really want to fly fish, but they also are like, oh, I don't want to say I need this when mm-hmm. I cut out my coffee <laughs> out of my coffee and can afford it, which is so ridiculous. I hate that when they're like, Hey, have you looked at your expenses? Where can you cut things out? You know, it's like, well, there's organizations out here that like this one, that's like, get out in the water, enjoy it. You, you can afford this and you don't need to cut out your daily expenses of groceries to make it happen. One of the uh, store, one of my favorite stories is, and it hasn't quite come together. We're still working on it, but woman reached out to us and she runs a shuttle service for the guides up on the lower Sacramento. And she said, Hey, you know, mostly the uh, people who run our shuttles are women And they have reached out to me and said they really want to learn fly fishing. And, um, you know, is this something that you would want to partner with us on and put together a little bit of a 
you know, a clinic, if you will, for these women, because she has a bunch of relationships with guides because she's shuttling their, you know, their trucks and their trailers. And we obviously have, you know, this um, nonprofit to help them with the gear. And so we were, Tema and I were like, oh, heck yeah, we are all in. So we just started conversations with her about that. But I was like, how cool is that? Like that just is, to me is super neat. I love it. And it's interesting. I was when you said shuttle drivers, because I feel like that would be there's a lot of shuttle drivers here in Missoula, but they're college age. And it just came, it just occurred to me. I mean, I would have loved to learn how to fly fish in college, but I had absolutely no money. I mean, I was, and I was just thinking, like, this would be such a great opportunity. I think, you know, start in college. I just moved to Montana and I was like, oh, a river runs through it. I read that book and I really love it. And I just think like, this would be a great opportunity for college students to like learn a new skill. Right. And I think, okay, also Julia, we haven't heard a fly fishing story from you yet. Okay. So remember when I asked if, uh, if it was okay to swear? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Go for it. So uh, I was up in Alaska. I was uh, fly fishing for silver salmons and uh, we were out in this this body of water and this river. And so I I caught the silver and I'm like, and the guide was with me and I'm, we're like running down, it's taking off and then we're running down the river. And uh, you know, it was just this epic moment. And I slipped on the rock and I fell and I hit my knee, like right on the kneecap hit it. And I, and you know, I, I got up, I managed to get up and I, and I could not walk. It was almost like a stinger, you know, I just couldn't and so I handed the rod and reel to my guide and I was like, don't lose the fish. And he was like, no, no, I care more about you. I was like, I don't give a fuck about me. Don't lose this fish. I was like, it's more important. And he was like, nope. And he literally just picked me up and like, like just, you know, walked me over. Uh, and while he's got me like holding on to me, walking me to the bank, I'm still reeling. And then he, the fish went into like this, uh, you know, into these sticks. So he plopped me on the side of the river, ran out, got it untangled from there. And like, I landed that fish. And I was just like, this is the most amazing epic adventure that has ever happened in fishing. But uh, it was super, super fun. I had, it was just amazing. I, Alaska is, is just amazing. And I can't wait to someday go back. Oh my gosh. I have to agree with that. Justin and I went to Alaska for the first time to the Kenai. Yes, that's Um, where I was. (laughs) Yeah, we were there this past summer and I caught a silver. We did, we went with a guide, but then we went to um, do a, you know, a mix between do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And we went on this river and I caught one um, swinging the fly. And those, I, I just didn't, kind of like your experience, I just didn't know what to do. And I didn't have anyone yelling. I mean, Justin was kind of like, fish," and I was like, okay. And I was like backing up like a dump truck. I was like, uh, I was just like walking to the woods. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, ah, I have no clue. I've never done this before. It's fighting. I'm just going to start walking to the forest. And then by the time I come back. I'll get into the bank. He's like, absolutely not. And um, anyways, you know, he was like, use the reel. But my finger 
from, you know, stripping the wine, a bunch of learning curves, uh, was all cut up. It was totally worth it. Uh, how did your knee heal up? Was it? Oh, I have a picture. It actually was really funny. So my knee ended up not being so bad, but boy, my ankle, I guess, oh. you know, that it, I have this picture and it is, it is truly hideous. It is just black and blue and swollen like a grapefruit. And it was just, and I'm like, it was worth it. It was so worth it. It was so amazing. You know, like I, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty darn ugly. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Alaska is amazing. I have to say like when we first went there, we were with our guide and we were fishing the Kenai. I think that was like such an eye opener seeing how many people were on the Kenai. Right. And it's we crazy. were catching so many pinks, but when I first was catching them. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, oh. And um, I kind of realized that like towards the end, no one was really excited about catching pinks. We're like, oh, that's just a pink. It, it was almost like your reaction when you told someone you caught a white fish. Like, uh-huh. Yes, yes. Like, okay. Yeah. But it's so cool, right? And they're like, yeah, it's a pink. There's too many of them. I was like, all right, well. Um, but yeah, what a great, what a great story. Um, Tema, give us some information. How can people learn more about uh, Rising to the Fly? If people are wanting to uh, receive some of these donated clothes, rods, um, how, how do they go about that? Sure. So uh, people should go to our website, risingtothefly.com. We have um, different tabs on there, ways to donate, ways to receive. Um, and people, women who want to receive some items just need to fill out a short application. And then we, you know, whoever receives it will route it to whoever's handling, if it's gear or if it's garb. Um, we also post a lot on social media. Uh, so we have rising to the fly on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then our email, if anybody needs to get in touch with us about something specific or wants to donate, is info at risingtothefly.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys for your continued work to getting women on the water. I just, uh, I'm always so inspired when people take time out of their already incredibly busy schedule to do something like this, a nonprofit, to make the world a better place. I mean, you guys are just amazing. I, it always blows my mind. I'm like, wow, you know, I know you're busy. I know both of you guys are so busy and you're just tackling on something that hasn't been done yet. So kudos. Thank, Thank you. you. Go to the where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns. And if you have one to spend, shoot us an email at info at the The February room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February room, and we'll see you down here next week.